0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Christopher Ryer heaps praise on John Kennedy after switching Celtic for Brentford. Rangers send youngster Kai Kennedy out on loan, but will Nikola Katic follow? And Aberdeen and Hibs kick off their European journeys tonight. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio is Mark Wilson. Yeah, I are out and uh, a good price got from Starfelt in and not a moment too soon with Celtic's defensive woes. European football obviously continues, like you mentioned there, Andrew, for Aberdeen and Hibs. Fans in the ground and more fans fans in at the weekend uh, and looking forward to the build up in a few weeks to the league and hopefully we'll have even more crowd in then football suddenly feels real again with that atmosphere in the grounds as usual whatever is on your mind whether it's European qualifying transfers the League Cup group stages too of course Motherwell with a 2-0 defeat to Airdrie last night that was an interesting one give us a call 0141 951 1025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB of course there's two big European qualifiers tonight Aberdeen taking on BK Hacken Hibs taking on FC Santa Coloma from Andorra we'll give you the build up and team news from both Grounds later on But anything you want to talk about 0141 951 1025 Lots to get our teeth into Tonight Mark First of all We'll start with The the Celtic performance On Tuesday Not spoken to you Since then What are your sort of Overall thoughts What were your main takeaways From from that one Um, Well If I'm totally honest It was A wee bit much of the same For me How the game panned out As last season Now I, I think there was An improvement With the tempo How Celtic played And they looked in good shape I thought Abada looked decent When he, he got on the ball He looked to make things happen I thought Christie Did very well off the left hand side And as the game wore on Celtic looked strong But when I say it took The same turn of events As last season If it could go wrong It did go wrong On the night When it looked like Celtic Were kind of cruising in the game Near beat on then guilty um, An unforgivable mistake An experienced player Should never put himself In that situation And it leaves Celtic In a position Where Ange Postacoglu Has to make changes Interesting change Dane Murray coming on Instead of Urugidi That was You know Who, who knows Urugidi might just Have to get up to speed a bit But Dane Murray did fine But the same old again With Barkas And Like there has to come a point Where You say It's just not working For this guy Now he might go away To another club And be An outstanding goalkeeper But For his time at Celtic He's making too many mistakes And you can't build In any sort of performance Or get anywhere when you've got that level of fragility at the back, you know, non chances becoming goals. Uh, and that's what caused Celtic on the night. You know, Huffed and Puff to try and get a winner wasn't quite there. Look, I think there will be improvement in this Celtic side with the way they played, the way they pressed. What interesting things, especially down the left hand side with Taylor and McGregor. I thought McGregor was excellent, actually. Um, so there will be improvements And it was quite interesting to hear Ange Postacoglu After the game saying that They were quite poorly prepared um, So work to be done Slight improvement But they've got to cut out these mistakes First and foremost beat on And they have to get the goalkeeping situation sorted out To stand any chance of having any success this season On Barkas he obviously showed pedigree for Celtic to pay around £5 million for him He's a Greek international He, he played for AEK Athens in European football But do you not see any value in, in, in trying to, to get that player back? Do you think that's possible for Celtic or is there too much risk in Celtic need to just go out and, and address that position now? Uh, look, if this was last this time last season, and well, I was here this time last season and he, he'd made mistakes before, 
And I'd say look Give the guy time To bed in And find him He's way into Scottish football He's taking time to settle When you're into the second season And you're making mistakes At the highest level Because that's A lot of money is riding on this I know some Celtic fans Are willing to give up The Champions League To, to rebuild the side But I think the majority Of the, the fans Would want to reach a Champions League Or reach These latter qualifying stages If he's costing you At that stage then there comes a time, Andrew, that you've got to make a decision and you've got another couple of goalkeepers sitting there. Um, I get that they paid a lot of money into the second season now. How many mistakes must he make before you say, OK, enough's enough? And that's it. If, if part of it is a confidence thing, then that's certainly not going to help him. First game of the new season, you think there might be a renewed confidence with a new manager, new setup around him, but a mistake like that isn't, isn't going to give him a boost going into the new season, quite clearly. It, it certainly isn't, and it's going to affect everyone. And that's a, that's the thing It affects his, his back line His defenders Now that back line Is already fragile As it is It's going to I'm assuming it's going to have to be Dane Murray and uh, and Welsh at the back um, It's going to be very young Ralston perhaps uh, Next week And Taylor So that's fragile as it is And you need somebody Confident and commanding behind you Barkas looks a, a, a bit of a shadow A goalkeeper At the minute um, I think they need to address it I think that is the position We've chatted about you know, filling in for Scott Brown, getting a centre forward for uh, Odson Edward if he leaves. But I think you need to put all your concentration into getting that goalkeeping position right and build from there. Despite you talking about the inexperience of Welsh and Murray, who could well start next week, was there positives there that, that Stephen Welsh and, and Dane Murray, who was really thrown in to that game, that, that they did look solid when Celtic were down to 10 men? They still yeah. didn't really concede many chances? Yeah, I, I, listen, I like them. I, I really do, especially Murray. I've been impressed with what I've saw him. Um, and Welsh is continuing from last season We bit an experience where the goal uh, comes in Where uh, you know the, the ball's running away from the goal And he, he dives in and makes a challenge he doesn't need to But he'll learn from that But you know solid But you need I think experience in there Starfelt will certainly come in And when he can get registered for European uh, games He will come in uh, and be your number one centre half But um, behind you if you're playing a young backline, I think you need somebody experienced, somebody confident, somebody to command that backline. I don't think Barkas is at that level um, at the minute. 01419511025 on the phones. Matt is a Celtic fan in Motherwell. Matt, what did you make of the game the other night? Um, Matt, what did I make of the game? I don't think it was great. I think that we, we struggled. But what I want to know is, I mean, Mark's there, obviously. Mark's been in the game a lot longer than me. I mean, Mark, you've seen Celtic over the years. Where are we now? What, what do you think of where we are right now? Well, obviously, a huge transition. Um, as big a transition as I can remember from you know supporting the the team to playing in it. Um, you know, organisation. Uh, I think is is there. I think this you know Postecoglou, John Kennedy, and, and, and Gavin Strachan is obviously going to stay. But the play, it's a very weak squad If I'm honest at the minute I just touched on the back line there Being very young You know, beat on We keep going on about him being the centre half He, he was a midfielder And he's, he's filling in there There's lots of holes in it, Matt Just now that I think need to be filled To make uh, to, to have any chance of succeeding In European and in, in the league this year Matt, what's the next priority For you as a Celtic fan In the transfer market Of course Carl Starfelt's come in Is Christopher Ayer's replacement Where do you think Ange Postacoglu Really needs to address next? I, I think I think we need A bit more than just Just one or two signings I think we need We need to invest Some serious money In the squad 
Um, but at the minute, they're, they're, they're just, I mean, looking at the game the other night, it just didn't look good. I thought, listen, I thought the, there were some improvements. I, I thought they moved it quick. I thought some of the, I thought Sorrell as well looked, looked decent. I thought the times uh, McGregor got on the ball and Sorrell got on the ball and looked forward and looked to play it forward quickly. I thought the tempo looked a lot quicker. Um, but my worry would be that team the other night, there's one or two injuries. See, McGregor has to come out, or 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 even Turnbull has to come out. Behind them on the bench, it's very very weak. You know, Rogic comes on, and you know, is is Rogic's time been and gone at Celtic? I would probably say maybe. Um, his best days, and you look at other positions. Depth is is a problem for Celtic, and Matt's right. I do think they need to make a number of signings. We we chatted about this back in. Back in April and May How Celtic needed to fill This position That position They need this that And the next thing Hardly anything's been done yet They're coming in Dribs and drabs And that's not us in, On the show Or the media right now Andrew Postacoglu Is saying that How it's taking Longer than he expected To get people in the door And that's because The structure Behind the scenes Has not been right But they need to fix it quick Is that the thing Can you be a bit more lenient About the performance And look There was there were certainly Positives in there There were Celtic fans Last night That were happy With what they saw but can you be a bit lenient just because of, of what Ange Postacoglu has to work with at the moment? The fact he's trying to implement a new style, the fact he's trying to bring in players, the fact it's been a disrupted pre-season. He came in late as well towards the, the end of last season I think when they've been chasing. Yeah, I think you can't Ange Postacoglu and the players who are there trying to adapt because they, they certainly gave their all the other night. And Ange Postacoglu, I, I said last week, he's tried to do everything. He's tried to put on sessions, get his ideas across, look at players get players in, persuade players to come. He's trying to do everything at once while preparing for Michelin. So, incredibly hard job for him to do, but it goes above his head and how long they've left it. And that's, I think, where the Celtic fans have got a right to, to voice their concerns over. That this is all taking so long. This game wasn't sprung on them. This, this two-legged tie wasn't sprung on them. Uh, and they're so underprepared. Do you want to come back in, Mark? We have to be patient. Yeah, well, I, I think the Celtic fans will be patient, but... I don't know. I don't know if they will be patient, but I think we have to be because at the end of the day, you've got a manager coming in for a totally different era altogether. He's coming in for I mean, he's an Australian national manager. He's been in Japan. He's a successful guy in that world. But I think we, as a club, we demand success probably quite quickly. So I think we have to be patient. And allow, I mean, if you look across the water... We, you know, they allowed their manager two years to become successful. Uh, I think we have to be. I'm not saying we're going to have to go, go two years, but I think we're going to have to at least get a guy a year, and then see how it goes. That's always a big question. Time. You mm. hear it a lot. There's some Celtic fans that that say, you know, we want to be patient with him. We we can see what he's building. There's other Celtic fans that want immediate success, but time is something you you don't often get a lot of in Glasgow, is it? You certainly don't um, But like I said Andrew This is the, sort of the biggest transitional period That I've known from from a Celtic point of view So he, he has to be given some sort of time um, He's come out and said himself That it's difficult to get players in at the moment Or he, he he's struggling to deal with the time frame that They're coming in You have to take all that into account So And you have to give him a chance to sign his own players as well Because the players who have come in have obviously been Scouted before he even arrived at the club So Ange Postacoglu Obviously will be judged on results But Immediately results just now No I don't think he should be judged At the minute If Celtic crash out against Michelin 
I don't think that should fall at Postacoglu's door. I think there's others who, who can take the blame for that. But I think the Celtic fans, the majority, will be patient up to a point where you're probably getting at the turn of the year. And if they see progress, if they see signs of exciting football and Celtic getting somewhere, then they will back them all the way. Well, thank you to Matt 01419511025 on the phones if you've got anything on your mind. Another story that came out after uh, the, the sort of transfer business Celtic did last night, selling Christopher Iyer to Brentford. Carol Starfelt came in. Christopher Iyer posted a farewell message to Celtic fans on his Instagram after sealing that move. He said, I want to thank the managers who have developed me as a player, backroom staff that's helped me through my ups and downs, and also my teammates that have become great friend, friends that will last a lifetime. A special mention also to John Kennedy, the most important important person for me during my time at Celtic without him we would never win the quadruple treble that's certainly high praise indeed Mark isn't it yeah well there you go for the Celtic fans out there who have their opinions about John Kennedy and should he be there or shouldn't he or what he inputs into the side there you are you're hearing it from the horse's mouth a a defender a young defender who came to the club for half a million pounds who has uh, blossomed into a very good player um reached international level, has now been sold to the English Premier League for £13.5 million and he thanks John Kennedy for it. That shows you what a coach is and I've been saying it on here for months and months and he's took a lot of flack um, for for the results in, in last year but it shows you what impact he has on the players and what they think him over, not just last year, but the last four or five years that he's been at the club and the input he's had. I mean, that's it. There's been a lot of, of focus and a bit of negativity surrounding John Kennedy and uh, Gavin Strachan from from people we've heard on the phones as well. But I suppose these are the these are the comments that that really matter when it comes to inside football. Christopher Iyer is is a player that's working with John Kennedy day in day out. He knows exactly what he's like as a coach, what he can offer players. Yeah, exactly. Because let's be honest, not a lot of people will know what happens within. Uh, the walls at Celtic Park you know only the players and the staff really knows what happens and like I remember from my time there's a lot of hearsay going on outside uh, outside the team and newspapers and, uh, and the show but I, I obviously knew what was going on behind the scenes what was said and how, how coaches reacted to players and when you hear players coming out and back someone like John it's not propaganda Chris Ayer's away he's away he has futures elsewhere he doesn't need to come out and Really thank anybody But he's taking time To thank John Kennedy And that should paint a picture Of what John's like uh, And and the success he's had And I keep saying it You know Because he had one bad season Or was part of one bad season At Celtic And he's kept his job The other seasons That he was there Winning everything Alongside Brendan Rodgers And and whoever else He was with Should not be forgotten And you look at John Kennedy and the fact that Ange Postacoglu hasn't brought in any of his own staff yet which has surprised a few people they thought that he might have brought people that he worked with either in Japan or Australia previously possibly one of the reasons I am just speculating here but possibly one of the reasons is he's gone in there he's, he's seen John Kennedy he's seen Gavin Strachan and thought you know what these guys are will buy into to what I want to do I've been impressed with them so far yeah maybe I, I still do, do think Ange Postacoglu would have brought someone else in Whether John and, and Gavin Strachan then stayed on In some capacity uh, as well I still think um, the manager Probably should have his own man in there Who who he, he's known previously and, and can trust and rely upon But he's seen John Kennedy working Gavin Strachan I said last week If it was going to be done um, As opposed to Goglu bringing someone in It would have been done by now So I think he will stick with, with John and Gavin Strachan 01419511025 on the phones Mark is a Celtic fan in Hamilton Mark what's on your mind tonight? 
Hi lads, how you doing? I was listening to uh, Mark Wilson's comments here about John Kennedy. I was one of his critics for John Kennedy, and I still am. Still shouldn't be at Celtic Park, no matter. That's, this is only my opinion, he shouldn't be there. And I know what Mark's saying, but we don't see things behind the scenes in that at Celtic, which is fair enough. But for him to turn around and say that Chris and I, I know what I heard it there, and who was getting a lot of praise to John Kennedy. Well, just look back to last season, I don't think it should be getting any praise. Because it's part of that shambolic system, and he still is. I mean, he was—he was also part of a side that won trophy season after season. Mark, does that not? Does he not get any credit for that? Well, I'm sorry, I don't give him any credit. But at the same time, the lad Ayer—he's—I can't believe. I'm actually delighted we get thirteen and a half million for him. He can't—he couldn't head the ball, and he could get a newspaper underneath him. I hate that lad could jump for the size of him. I'm absolutely delighted he's absolutely away from Celtic. Mark, you're saying you don't give John Kennedy any credit at all for the success. What do you give? What do you credit for then? What what I'm what level do you need season, to get to? Oh no, listen, I know last season. I've just said there that John was part of last season, and it was, oh, it was it was horrendous. Surely yeah, there was a lot was also, more that went wrong last season than just John Kennedy. There was there was plenty no, that, that happened. On you go, Mark. No, he's part of that system. He's he's, he's part of the three him, the lad Strachan and, and Neil Lennon. And it went really bad. And there was no other club out there that would keep the three guys on. The three of them were walked at the same time. The thing is, at Mark, the end of the season, I can understand where he kept John Kennedy on, but he's the worst record than Neil Lennon in the last eight games he played. The thing oh, is, Mark, on, I mean, Mark, John Kennedy's never been a manager in his own right. He was yeah. sort of thrust into that role, but players get a fresh start under a, a new manager. The coaches not get a fresh start under a new manager as well, Mark? Well, I believe if they're good enough, they, they will. But Mark's harsh there by saying he's got a worse record than you know, Neil Lennon. When John was given the job, a lot of people on here are saying, Oh, no way, he shouldn't have he should have walked it. But why why should he have? He was given given the opportunity to to see Celtic through to the end of the season. You know, go you know, he was never going to walk away from the club he loved for that. And no Celtic fan in his position would have walked away either. If he walked away, he would have he would have probably got hammered even more. So for Mark to say, oh, he's got a worse record, he, he was put in the job in incredibly hard circumstances. But I don't buy this. He doesn't get any credit for all those trophies that he won before because of last season. I think we'll all agree last season was an absolute shambles. You know, it was one thing after the other that went wrong. And John, yes, was part of that. That doesn't mean he's a bad coach though That doesn't mean he, he should be chased Or hounded out the door And not given credit I don't agree with that Would you use that same logic On Christopher Iyer as well Was part of a team that, that didn't perform well last season But Mark on the phone Has said Basically that, that He didn't rate Christopher Iyer And was delighted They got 13.5 million Well <laughs> If you go from being bought For 500,000 And sold For 13.5 million I think you're doing something right Um well, Andrew, I was bought for 500,000 Going to Celtic I, I certainly didn't get sold for 13.5 million I got chased at the door to Bristol City So that tells you how Christopher Iyer um, Transformed his, himself from a centre midfielder to a centre half Look, did he make mistakes? Of course he did Was he culpable sometimes? Was he over aggressive and dived? Of course he was, he made mistakes But he was a young player He fitted the Celtic model I bring them in young, cheap and selling them on and Celtic have it's another great bit of business and, and good luck to him. Well thank you to Mark on the phone, oh one four one nine five one one oh two five. If you want to get involved after the break, we'll be looking at Rangers loan dealings. Kai Kennedy is going out. Will Nikola Katic follow him? And of course we'll be getting build up to Aberdeen and Hibbs European games tonight. 
You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141-951-1025 on the phones, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Of course, we've got Aberdeen against BK Hacken, Hibs against FC Santa Coloma tonight. We'll be getting the build-up from Pataudry and Easter Road ahead of those European qualification games. Looking forward to both of those fans in as well. Yeah. It's a sunny night as well. It'll be a, a good night for fans of both those sides. To be honest, I feel for the players, Andrew. It's tw- I was twenty-seven degrees when I came out uh, the car into the office. Uh, playing in that, I just did not suit me. You know, so there wasn't it, much weather that suited me when I played, but certainly twenty-seven degrees. Mm, I was no use. You know, something's up when you've ha- you haven't have water breaks at games in Scotland. I've still not got used to that. I've seen that a few times this season already. The players going over having their water yeah. breaks. I think it's at a certain temperature that they need to go over at. Yep, we'll need a water break in here because it is roasting in that office. Actually, we've got a wee bit of air conditioning, so. That will see you through till seven o'clock. But the players incredibly difficult playing in this heat. But I'm sure they um, they won't mind too much having the fans back in. We chatted about it last week. You know, some of these players haven't played in front of a, a meaningful crowd um, for their clubs. So it'll be interesting to see how they perform. But European football back, um, and it's good to see. Um, interesting at Aberdeen Pataudry, uh, Scott Brown's involvement. Be weird to see him in an Aberdeen shirt, and interesting to see how Stephen Glass gets on. 01419511025 As I said, we'll give you the build-up from both Pataudry and Easter Road uh, Not too far away I'll pick up on another story uh, today as well Rangers have loaned out youngster Kai Kennedy to Dunfermline for the rest of the season It's been probably a rare bit of business really for Rangers so far They've brought in uh, Fashion Sakala, Namdi Offerbor's come in And so has John Lundstrom as well A few loan deals out some areas that they've maybe got a bit too much depth if anything another story today about Nikola Katic is an interesting one Glasgow Live claiming today that the players committed to staying at the club fighting for his place this season despite being linked with a loan move and it'll be interesting to see what Rangers do with Nikola Katic this season because they have six senior centre-backs Nikola Katic obviously didn't play at all last season off the back of a long-term injury How do you, what do you think is the best way to sort of handle him this season? Yeah well Rangers will loan out players uh, There's no doubt about that Because they've, they've got so many in, in such depth in their squad Katic is a, an interesting one though um, You know Not any football under his belt But he's a quality player That Steven Gerrard really likes And I can understand Totally understand Katic Want to dig his heels in And fight for his place at the club Because Often there's a feeling of If you leave a big club like Rangers And you're a first team player To go on loan there's a feeling that you're you're out of things and that might be your chance gone. Now, I know Katic has got a couple of years left in his contract, but I can understand why he's thinking, I want to stay and fight for my place. I'm good enough. But there are a lot of players in front of him at the minute and you wonder, you know, with such uh, lack of game time last season, he's got to play competitive football to get back up to speed. And going on loan might just be the best option for him But I can totally understand I've been in that position before I didn't like the thought of going on loan Because I thought that was my time up Not seeing the bigger picture Really that was to get me first team football again And get me up to speed uh, It'll be interesting Andrew To see how that one develops over the coming weeks Yeah because Conor Goldson Obviously played every single minute of every game last season He is undoubtedly Stephen Gerrard's number one choice When it comes to centre back There was then Hellander and Balogun Who rotated between them Jack Simpson came in yeah. in January and, and played a couple of games towards the end of the season George Edmondson's come back from his loan as well And then you've got Nikola Katic on top of that So it is a real juggling act But Stephen Gerrard says he likes two players really 
for every position Two quality players for every position And at that point you've got six senior centre-backs Fighting for two spots Although one thing he has said That, that they may well switch to three at the back at times this season But that would be a, a tavernier Possibly yeah. playing as the right centre-back Or Patterson depending on how he wants to work yeah, it down that side I, I can't really see it being three out-and-out centre-halves That play in a back three I think Edmondson will go um, So that's one away but still, it depends on Katic And that conversation with Steven Gerrard And the coaching team will be crucial To to reassure him if he is going to go out on loan And it is a short loan Maybe to get him games That he believes that he's got a, a fighting chance When he comes back So it's a good position for Steven Gerrard To be in, I tell you that When he's got so many centre-halves And quality ones at that Because it wasn't so long ago That that was Rangers' weak link And we were on here week after week Saying that they needed another couple of centre-halves And <laughs> now they have to shift a couple on is that maybe the happy medium uh, A shorter term loan Something until January To get on the game time Because how How would that work With his development If, if he's not playing every week If he has a backup option And he's trying to Gain his fitness back From a long term injury yeah. I would say so As long as it's at a, a good level um, That he's been tested And his fitness is getting up to speed I mean Listen there's only so much You can get from bounce matches And training You really need to play Competitive football At a decent standard If you're going to work Your way back into that Rangers team So if they, there's some sort of loan that could be agreed um, Very short term Then I think that would benefit the player and the club 01419511025 on the phones Eddie is a Rangers fan up next Eddie, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, good evening How you doing, alright? Good, thanks Eddie Yep, uh, just a couple of points I think, you know, that uh, Celtic fans should give Postacoglu time So they should And uh, and the caller, I can't, I can't quite remember exactly what it was uh, when it was he was saying it, but uh, he wanted them out or whatever. Uh, I don't no, think anyone said he wanted them out. I think there was certainly a caller tonight that said they should, they should give him time. And but I don't think anyone's certainly calling for Postacoglu to go yet, Eddie. Right, right, okay. Well, my mistake, my mistake. I'm, I'm watching the, the chicken in the oven at the minute, so I must have given up. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, what a call I can't remember what the last caller says Or what he says But He Aye. loves pots of gold And I'm watching the chicken in the oven <laughs> Call of the season Aye, so far Oh, is it, is it And the season's even started yet? Exactly That's a good contender, There we are No, well what I was saying to you The man before on the phone there was I want a competitive Celtic Against Rangers You know, I don't want the steamroller thing That happened for the last you know, a decade or whatever it was. You know, I really want uh, a competitive Celtic. I want the end-to-end matches. You know, I don't know. You, you will remember them. You know, when it's the balls up one end, there's a goal. The balls up the other end, there's a goal. The ball scores. You know, whoever the, the other end scores. That's what that's what I'm looking for. You know, uh, instant success for the two teams, basically. I mean, Eddie. Eddie's in the camp of wanting a, a tight competition. I'm sure there will be other Rangers fans in the camp of, well, you know, we took heavy defeats to Celtic. Now should be our time to try and lay the heavy defeats on Celtic. Yeah, um, Eddie's been very gracious there, and, and what he's saying. I think there will be uh, people listening just now saying no, they don't care if Celtic are competitive or not. Like I get Eddie's point because those games, you know, going back years, and I, I was lucky enough to play in some of them where. The teams were that tightly matched You know even in transfer business When you looked at the start of the seasons And you seen players going into Ibrox And players going into Celtic Park You thought oh who's going to turn out the better here Then it went down to the last days of the season I mean I was involved in a couple of them The excitement levels were through the roof And we haven't had that for a long time So 
Understand Eddie's point That it would be great If we could prolong the season And it, I was right to the wire um, But I'm not sure How many Rangers fans Would agree with him If I'm honest I think they quite enjoyed Their lead in the title And, and quite a relaxed End to the season Eddie Where are your confidence levels At the moment Heading into this season Of course a, a settled squad Stephen Gerrard's dealing with At the moment Very very confident So um, you know I hope I don't actually Have to eat my words But I'm very very uh, I'm looking forward to see uh, Fashion Sakala coming in because I, I, I listened to uh, an interview, I think it was with yourself, uh, and he's just such a cheery, cheery guy and, you know, very, very good to interview and stuff like that and hopefully he can take that on at the park as well, you know. But no, very confident. I mean, Fashion Sakala is, is a player we've not seen any of over here yet. He arrived sort of later to the camp, scored 16 goals in the Belgian top flight. Last season That will surely be a, a player That Rangers fans like Eddie Will be excited to see What he can offer the club this season Yeah um, It's a positive thing When you score that many goals In, uh, in that league So you've you've got to say That it's, it looks like A good bit of business Right away And once again It's kind of like The centre half position Where, Where's his game time coming from Who who moves aside To let him in As Morelos going So again Interesting uh, Interesting things to come in that position But Rangers are very, very strong um, At the back and uh, in the forward areas this season uh, Against Steam Gerrard Plenty of options to pick from And it's uh, a good place to be And when you're fighting a- across so many competitions You've got to have a-, a squad strength and depth And Rangers have got that at the minute Well thank you to Eddie 01419511025 On the phones Alan is another Rangers fan in Irvine Alan, we were talking about Nikola Katic what, what his situation could be this season How do you view that one? Yeah, well, I, I think, guys, um, good evening, first of all. I'm enjoying the show. Sorry, let me take my radio off. Sorry, I'm enjoying the show tonight. Uh, just in Mark's point, like, see who's saying about Nicola Katic and obviously the quality you ever got. Um, we've got six, um, we've got six set of halves at the moment, right? So, you're, you're, you're main two of them are going to be probably, they'll start, will probably, I'd imagine, would be Hollander and Goldson if Hollander's fit. But we've got Leon Ballard in there. See the other three defenders that we've got. I like Jack Simpson and George Edmondson, right? But out of those three, Nicola Katic is by far the better quality of player. And Stephen Gerrard wants to have the two players in each position. So I, I think that if you're keeping them in there, we're going to, we're looking at potentially four cup, four competitions are going to be involved in this team. So I think the I think the squad's going to play a big part in it because if we get injured, if we lose Hollanders, for example, then we've only got two backups and a young and experienced person, if that makes sense. So it's just to see what you think about that. Yeah, I, I, I just said there, I agree with you, Alan, that over so many competitions, you need a big squad. And Rangers were the, similar last season. But the one thing that Steven Gerrard didn't really change was Tavernier uh, and Goldson until he was forced with Tavernier. But he kind of kept him, you know, Hellander and Balogun switch, but there was never really wholesale changes in that department. Now, the season could pan out different. Goldson could get injured against Real Madrid, who knows, uh, at the weekend or or anybody. Um, but for Katic, it's really what he thinks. You know, Alan, you make a good point to, to have him sitting there waiting. But as a player, and one who's frustrated because he was injured last season, and I know what that's like to be out for a full season, and seeing the success that Rangers got, does he really want to be sitting about on the bench every week and, and sitting in the stands sometimes just waiting and someday getting injured or making a mistake? I think he'll want to play first-team football. I think he's a, a very good player, but he needs to play. Do you want to come back in, Alan? 
I no, I, I totally get that. But I think I think that they might look at those types of ones. See the ones that are only going to be the two main centre backs. See if you're looking at the cup competitions and things like that. I think um, it's going to it's going to be a lot harder this season, obviously, because they'll have to obviously come back and try and do their best. Hopefully, I'm one of the ones. I'm not what the previous caller. I want to see them just struggle as much as possible. But uh, <laughs> if they're if they're coming if they're coming back, no, in all seriousness, no. for the Scottish game if they do get into Europe, right? But there's it, also like a wee bit of banter man. I think into that it's good for the Scottish game the revenue it brings in and stuff like that but see uh, while it's happening we'll enjoy it because it, it was the same in the shoe was on the other foot but I think we I think we've got I reckon that he's going to have different players different tactics and things like that for the um, for the cup competition and again if you go if you do go three centre backs then if it's not Balogun it's Katic you can still play Tavernier as a wing back I know there's the option it's having your going right centre back and Patterson and things like that, but there might be games that that won't suit us for Patterson to go right wing back against a team like that. He might prefer somebody with experience at Tavernier and having another experienced centre half in at the back as well. So we've got that. We've got that. Listen, it's really good. Last year was good, but it's just good. It's good that we're actually talking about these different things. It's great for Rangers fans. It's exciting times for us. Do you know what I mean? I mean, Mark, would you expect Conor Golson just to, if he's fit? Play every single game of every or every single minute of every game this season, like he did last season. I think the season before he missed out on a couple of cup games, but played every single minute of every league game. It's a lot of football, but Steven Gerrard seems to be happy with you know what if he's fit, he plays no yeah. matter what game, where it is, who it's against. Pretty much, uh, if he stays fit, um, he doesn't have any mistakes or or prolonged mistakes. Um, I think he'll play. Why Why change him You know he's at a good age It's not as if he's like 36 year old Where you need to watch His game time So I, I expect him to, to stay the same It will be interesting Alan touched that there You said yourself um, If Rangers do change To a back three On some occasions And maybe even the cup Competitions Where they have come Undone over the past Three years It'll be interesting To see how that pans out That right hand side To that back three Will it be Tavernier Will it be Parson Will it be three big centre halves I very much doubt that But um It'll be an interesting look And Alan's right As exciting times for Rangers We were so used to just seeing The same old formation Same tactics If it failed It was same again But Looks like Steven Gerrard Is, uh, is broadening his thinking uh, And A back three Could well come into play Next season Well thank you to Alan The team news is in From Aberdeen And Hibs Their big European qualifiers Tonight We'll be heading to Pataudry and Easter Road After these 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Wilson here with me Andrew McLean in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard 0141-951-1025 on the phones or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB and there is two big games tonight as well of course Aberdeen taking on BK Hacken the Swedish side at Pitodre in their Europa Conference League qualifier that's the new third tier of European competition it's a bit of a rubbish name isn't it the Europa Conference <laughs> League I'm not having that what, what would you call it I don't know Just I mean Europa's already in one of the competitions so they've just stolen that and when I think of conference I think of like the lower leagues in England yeah, yeah. I think that's what I think of so what just, was the old one called again? Uh, the cup winners cup winner yeah, that was the, the third one the, 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 the Intertoto Cup <laughs> that was a, Nobody wanted I just to remember that. that was like Channel it was always Newcastle for some reason it was always Channel 5 Newcastle New, aye, that was right. it I have no idea just playing <laughs> against Livorno or something uh, like that but that was it but there is Scottish teams in action tonight Aberdeen against BK Hacking Hibs against Santa Coloma let's go to 
to Pataudry, shall we? Lewis Miki is there for us building up to kick-off. Well, fans are beginning to trickle down towards the ground here at Pataudry. There's an atmosphere of excitement mixed with nerves, really. This isn't the routine early European qualifier Aberdeen have often had through the last decade. Swedes BK Hacken were beaten cup finalists last year. They finished third, just 11 points behind Malmo, who are perhaps one of the best-known Swedish sides to Scottish fans. Former Norwich and Swansea defender Martin Olsen is one of their better-known players, but there's plenty of exciting talent in this team. There's likely to be four or five debuts from the start for the Dons tonight. New team captain Scott Brown is almost certain to be one of them. Most fans will be anticipating to see J. Emmanuel Thomas and Christian Ramirez given the chance to score some goals. Stephen Glass has highlighted that a good first leg is imperative for his team, but if a miracle is required next week in Gothenburg, the players won't have to look far for inspiration. Well, I can give you that team news. It is Joe Lewis in goal. The back four, Calvin Ramsey, Ross McCrory, Andy Considine and Johnny Hayes. It's a midfield three of Lewis Ferguson, Scott Brown, the new captain, of course, of Aberdeen with Funzo Ojo in midfield as well. The front three, J. Emmanuel Thomas, Christian Ramirez and Ryan Hedges. So a good few new signings in there for you. Yeah, yeah. Listen, that sounds a, a decent lineup. Plenty of experience in there. Obviously, Scott Brown adding to that. But Lewis Ferguson and Ojo been there, done it before. Considine in there. Hayes and, and Hedges, I like up front. But... The jet. I wonder how the jet gets on at Pataudry. Very ambitious player. Um, no, exciting times ahead for the Aberdeen fans. J. Uh, Emmanuel Thomas has done a couple of interviews since he joined Aberdeen. I think it was nine goals he got for Livingston last season. He talked about the fact he, he didn't have a pre-season at the start of last season. It took him a bit of time to build up. I think, was it nine goals in 21 League appearances last season He's now targeting 20 I don't know whether that's All competitions <laughs> yeah. or, or just in the league But he's, he's certainly ambitious And on his day I remember he scored One absolute cracker At a that's game right. I was at Where on the turn Flicked it up Into the top corner So he's certainly got Ability about him It'll be interesting to see How he transitions Into this Aberdeen I love side. that Fans love that You know Level of optimism and, and belief in players When they come out And actually say I want to score 20 goals It excites fans and remember, the jet was described by Hugh Keevans as he couldn't trap a curling stone <laughs> one time. So uh, Hugh, Hugh's made some interesting <laughs> predictions over the years. Let's be honest. As, as soon as he said that the jet went one way, he went up and he, he started scoring goals and scoring worldies, and he's got a great move to Aberdeen now. I think the Aberdeen fans will be excited to see what he brings. I don't want to call him out when he's not here, but he also ah, said that the only, the only thing that uh, Christian Doidge lacked to be a good footballer <laughs> was ability, and then he went on to be one of the top goal scorers yeah. in the league. That's he, maybe that's what maybe that's what players need. Just that, players that Hugh motivation yeah, They need yeah. to hear Hugh giving them a bit of stick And then that's all they need to go on And, and have a good season <laughs> Well he'll be listening uh, I'm sure But yeah Hugh does slaughter some players And they tend to turn Their careers around In a positive way after that Yeah well that Europa Conference League The new uh, competition As I was saying This is the second qualifying round Of it Gives teams an extra chance To get into The group stages of European football It's certainly not a, An easy task though Because you look at the, Some of the teams that that are in that competition and in the qualifying for it they've still got three rounds to get through Aberdeen and Hibs but teams that could be awaiting them are the likes of Tottenham Roma Basel Anderlecht Feyenoord these are teams that, that we see in, in the Europa League some of the Champions League over yeah. the years as well so it's just the way it works Obviously some of them Finish lower down In their league campaign They get the safety net Almost of, of more European football But it's it's No easy task Getting through yeah, to the group yeah, stages You know what I mean get get these ties Out the way And then I think If, if Hibs or Aberdeen Get one of these sides I don't think Their the fans will be Too bothered About not reaching The group stages I think just the excitement Of getting one of the Big names You know To Pataudry Or Easter Road Would be enough for the fans So Although it might be A long road It gives fans An opportunity To to taste European football when they often don't 
I was looking at it The last time Aberdeen made it to The group stages of European competition The 2007-2008 season it was That was when they got through The group stages as well It was the old UEFA Cup When you had five teams in the group And the top three went through I mean Atletico Madrid Panathinaikos Copenhagen Locomotive Moscow That was a, a tough group And they made it that through That was a group was yeah, it? Yeah and that's They finished in third They went through And you remember they played Bayern Munich Which is that's right, one of these yeah. Kind of glamour Ties that that's right, that, that's yeah. what that's what the fans want though. Even even if it does get to a, a playoff stage and they're playing against the likes of a, a Tottenham or a Roma, that that's the occasion you'll of course. want. It, it, these these occasions are brilliant. And I remember was it was a couple of years ago. Who was it played Burnley? Was that Aberdeen again? Aberdeen, yeah. Played Burnley, uh, and what a game it was! Lewis uh, Ferguson scored an overhead, overhead kick, kick as well. It was great. The excitement that surrounds these games is, is fantastic, and it's great that I think there's five and a half thousand going along to Petodre tonight. Probably four and a half at Easter Road. So. Good that the fans are getting in to see this. Well, let's get that build up from Easter Road as well. Gavin Pearson is there for us. Oh, Andrew, plenty of excitement here. We've got 4,700 fans who are going to watch Hibs in their first Euro game since 2018. We welcome San Coloma from Andorra. Familiar conditions for them because there isn't a cloud in the sky here. The sunshine on Leith most definitely for this game. Uh, San Coloma have never won a European game away from home. Jack Ross will hoping that will be the same story come the end of tonight's game. Uh, they are successful in domestic competition. They've won 13 league titles. They're always up there in the reckoning for winning the title and also uh, they've won 10 domestic cups and within the squad they've got former Hamilton player Andre Ramos. But it's the Hibs squad we'll look at right now and uh, Jack Ross has gone with Matt Macy in goal. Uh, back four of Paul McGinn, Ryan Porteous, new club captain Paul Hanlon and Lewis Stevenson. Uh, in the midfield it's Joe Newell, Alex Gogic, Daniel Mackay and Scott Allen and charged with getting the goals and getting this tie wrapped up for Hibs this evening, it's Martin Boyle and Kevin Nisbet up front. And Jack Ross will be pleased to see that on the bench, uh, two players who were affected by COVID in recent weeks, Christian Doidge and Josh Doig, might get a run out this evening. And, well, they want to because the pitch is absolutely perfect. We're looking forward to this one. It's just a shame that the Hibs fans won't be able to go to the beautiful Andorra for the uh, return leg next week because it will be played uh, behind closed doors But by then Jack Ross will be hoping It's all over It's Hibs against San Coloma I mean Aberdeen Taking on the team That finished third place In Sweden Hibs A lot more favourable draw The team that yeah. finished third place In the Andorran top flight Last season They'll fancy their chances Oh listen Of course I, I <laughs> No disrespect But I think we could Get a team together in here that <laughs> that could get us through that round. So I think Hibs will fancy our chances. But listen, you look at you listen to uh, Gavin there with some of the names. You know, good players. Good to see Scott Allen back in. Kevin Nisbet off the back of being involved in the Euros. Boyle off the back of a good season. Plenty of firepower there. They're a team full of good individuals, but they they often fail on the big stage. I think they're more than enough to get through this comfortably uh, this evening and next week. And it'll be interesting to see who. If they get a big name in the next round Ron Gordon Showing a lot of faith in Jack Ross Giving him a new deal This week You talked about it, the, the the big occasions I think it's three semi-finals They've had in the past two seasons Is that the next step now Get You know Taking that big step In a big game Making sure that they They make a final Win a cup Whether it's getting through to You know I was going to say later rounds But you know try, Trying to get into the group stages Of a, a European competition Well that is progression Actually winning something I, th- I think Jack Ross is Honestly a terrific manager uh, I've heard him speak I've been in his company A good few times He knows his stuff And the, the players really like him But he has to get some Sign of success That's winning a cup competition He'll never get a better chance In the last season he, he wouldn't think But If he adds one or two 
He might just go one better this season I mean a big thing for them is, is holding on to players as well There's a lot of interest in Nisbet Porteous as well Josh Doig A lot of teams have been looking at him as well But it, there's only so long that a team like Hibs Can hold out until a bid comes in That they, can, yeah. they can't, ref, well, can't refuse Yeah well the manager can persuade them And say everything he likes But ultimately it sometimes comes from above his head And the club have to take money That's the model that Scottish football teams live on and it will be hard to keep Nisbet and Doge, but they've plenty pull to to get another few guys in who will be interested in coming playing for Hibs because quality stadium, good management, good club to play for. So I think they'll be all right this season. That's it. Fans back in for the. I, I think oh, the fans apparently. are maybe be wanting to sit in the shade tonight for those. One. I don't know if you want to be sat with the sun blasting on your face. Yeah, for they have fool. to take their their packed lunch in, don't they? They're not allowed to buy things. Ah, and clear yeah, bags. No, plenty no. of water. I hope they'll need it tonight. Of course, no kiosks open. Unfortunately, no halftime pies. But as long as you've got your packed lunch, I think you'll be all right. We'll make sure <laughs> to bring you all the reaction to those games tomorrow night. Seven forty-five kickoffs. They are tonight. Aberdeen against BK Hacking from Sweden and Hibs against Santa Coloma as well of course there's more League Cup group stage action this weekend Mullerwell with a shock defeat to Airdrie last night a lot of different permutations of who could go through but that's all we've got time for tonight unfortunately thank you for all your calls thank you to Mark Wilson in the studio as well stick around tonight Callum Gallagher is up next 